0: And welcome to the next instalment of Eby gore the horror movie review podcast.
1: Yes, we have another treat for you in store, or perhaps it's even a trick. Time, of course, will tell. I am Tris. And I'm Damien. And as always, we are coming to you across
0: multiple platforms. You may be watching us in all our scary goodness on Facebook or
1: YouTube. Or you may be saving your eyes from the horrors of our handsome features. And perhaps listening on you know, to the audio on Spotify, Anchor, Instagram, or you know, whatever sort of other platforms we tend to be horroring ourselves out on at the moment. Whatever way you
0: are coming at us, thank you for being here and welcome. Please make sure to hit that like button and that subscribe button, that little bell in the corner. Give that a little tickle. Make sure that you are getting those notifications (laughs) so you can hear us spoiling all of your favourite movies and generally just ripping the piss out of each other, like how fucking stupid Tris looks in his backwards baseball cap today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's certainly a hell of a lot of piss taking that is for sure and hopefully damien you have actually calmed down after the last episode where we pretty much shredded your love of halloween three literally like i'd stolen your comfort blanket and tap danced all over it with some lucky boots on
0: well i'm a big boy and or well, mainly because your opinion is utter gash you do not have the <laughs> credentials to shit all over season of a witch it's a classic decent banter well, yeah, we're all about the bands, obviously. True that. And make sure you guys get on it as well. Get us on the socials Facebook, comment section, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what you think about our opinions. Let us know if you think Triss is full of shit. If you think I'm full of shit, I don't need to know. Leave me to my bliss. Yes. Bull, fuck you, man. Look, I'm a registered <laughs> horror fan for the past 20 odd years
1: you got a, a and everything like, oh, registered horror.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to have to have some printed. But um, <laughs> you're a noob by comparison. You do not have the credentials to shit all over Season of a Witch. Let him know what a grey <laughs> anyway,
1: Thunder Thundercunt he is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's ignore the teenager in the room. Enough about your crying, mate, and enough about <laughs> the past. So on to the present. And what horror-laden delight are we going to be arguing about today?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked there, Tris, my boy, because we are doing Halloween for the return of Michael Myers and, as a direct result, the return of Dr. Samuel Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance in all his crazy Excellent. hammy
1: glory. Excellent. I'm actually looking forward to discussing how the fuck this fourth instalment is actually possible after kind of final curtain call. That said, before I actually destroy Any logic in that? Tell me, what's your history on this film? Okay, so my history with this
0: film is not quite as deep as my history with the other films. The first three were big parts of my childhood, along with H2O. Yeah, I saw this one pretty late on, probably, now I must have been about 20 or something like that. I finally decided to track all the Halloween movies down and watched it. And I remember watching it and... My opinion then is the exact same I have about it now, which we'll get into a bit more as the film goes along. I didn't watch this as a kid. I watched this as a big boy, as a fully grown up boy. Underwhelmed, definitely. Um, But we'll get into that more as we go. So not much history with this. What about you?
1: Again, with this franchise, not really much history. So you say you were a big boy. I just want to come back to this very, very quickly. But you're still like a teenager.
0: I still act like a teenager, but my driver's license (laughs) says very differently. I'm still a 31-year-old, even if mentally I might be 15.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So back to my, uh, my history. Yeah, as with the other ones in this franchise, not really much history there at all. I haven't seen any before doing this podcast apart from the first one. And I don't really know too much about this one, apart from the fact that it is the return of Michael Myers. They have gone back to what made the first two so popular they've tried to go back to creating this whole ethos around this, this villain because the third one as we discussed in the last episode it didn't really go down too well so they've kind of brought it back and they've tried to recreate that magic
0: i think the main issue with this one well that's the main issue with the backstory in the very limited way of me not doing a whole lot of research and just relying on remembering what i've seen on the extras on the DVD. so halloween three flopped. As a result mustafa Card, who obviously owned the rights to it wanted to bring back michael myers he wanted to return to what made him so much money back in the day now originally john carpenter and deborah hill wanted to continue the anthology vibe from the third one and they wanted to do like a ghost story i think i remember seeing somewhere they wanted to have, like, Michael Myers as the essence of evil in terms of, like, a, an entity. And he wanted Joe Dante to direct it. Now, I would have fucking loved that. John Dante, Joe Dante of the howling and gremlins and uh, the burbs and inner space. And they all should these have gone cool down things. that route. I'd have, yeah, they, they really should. If nothing else, it would have been very, very interesting. But Mustafa Card, he didn't want to do that. He wanted Michael back, flesh and blood he wanted to go back to Halloween by numbers. And I can kind of see both sides. I mean, let's say Halloween 3 did, but as much as I love it, it bombed. There's nothing saying that another feature going down a different route would have done anything other than bomb. So I can see why he wanted to go back to basics, but it doesn't stop me from being slightly disappointed that we didn't get that movie.
1: You're right, it is really frustrating because as we saw in sort of the last episode, we both actually quite like 3 it, it, yeah, it's you absolutely, know, we, we yeah. both rated it as the best one of the three that we've seen so far out of this whole franchise and it is a shame that they, they felt commercially they had to go back to the whole Michael thing and you look at the third movie and there were some really really definitive aspects in there that they actually showed in that movie in the third one as the whole Michael Myers thing was like it was kind of like a movie set wasn't it it was on tv during, yeah, during yeah, the third yeah. movie and it was like a whole separate entity and they, they kind of alluded to that within the third movie the second one it was pretty final about how they were going to how they ended it you can't really get more final than blowing the shit up into a million pieces and then seeing your <laughs> the whole michael myers melting in a whole fiery melty death i don't so, know because
0: yeah. in the at the end of the first one loomis shot him six times and he still six survived times. but he speaking did. of that but, the only person to come back for this movie was Donald Pleasance from the original two movies. Jamie Lee Curtis turned it down. She was fucking flying high with Trading Places at the time and A Fish Called Wanda, so she was doing big movies. She kind of wanted to put Halloween behind her, at least until she needed a few quid a few (laughs) years later in in Halloween H2O. Even Michael is played by another actor, you know, the third different actor in three movies he's been in. He's played by George P. Wilbur.
1: It's not really a hard part to play, though, really, is it, you know? Well, you say that,
0: you say that, but I disagree. I think the way that Michael moves is integral to the atmosphere that he brings. It's much more like mean like a,
1: really, really slow? Like when he's just, chasing somebody, he's got so much patience, he just continues, he's slow. I think the way that Michael moves is absolutely
0: key to the way that fear is built, or at least mystery around the character is built. When you look at how Nick Castle did it in the first one, Michael almost glides, he's almost earth-real. You know, when you look at how George P. Wilbur moves, he's sort of lumbering, he looks clumsy. The mask is absolutely ridiculous.
1: Have you got a photo of the mask? I have. It's awful. It literally looks like Data from Star Trek. <laughs>
0: it does, actually, yeah.
1: <laughs> <I've never laughs> it's that like, before, like but... whole whole the sci-fi
0: thing. It, it's shit. Now you said that, I'm not going to be able to unsee that when I watch <laughs> of 4 forever again. But yeah. I find the way I find George P. Wilbur to be the worst of all the minds, and I don't mean no offense to him. He's a stuntman by trade; he's not an actor, and I don't think it works out too well for him. I think if you look at Friday the Thirteenth with how many different actors play Jason, some of them nail it, some of them don't look so good doing it. But it's the way that they move. If you overdo it, it looks fake and it looks exaggerated. If you get the balance right, like Kane Hodder, who comes in at Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven and is sort of the quintessential jason he portrays him in a way that you instantly recognize him
1: to be jason i I guess you never think of it in terms of the character don't you in a movie is the whole acting the facial expressions and stuff like that but you never actually think about when that's all taken away the importance like you said the things like movement and stuff like that that there's so limited things you can actually utilize to actually make it believable that when you Mm. take the things away like facial expressions which we rely on so heavily 99% Ninety-nine percent of characters in any movie. When you take that away, I guess I never really thought of it that way in terms of how the movement is so key to Michael Myers. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of looking at it in new light now. I guess.
0: And to put a line under that, I think George P. Wilbur sucks. <laughs> but,
1: um... <laughs> to be fair, this whole—I'm going to call it now. This whole film sucks. This whole fucking film. whole film sucks. This fucking this fucking film, dude. Um... I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what doesn't suck. Loomis has got a new gun. Do you want to see it? We've gone from the whole six reel six times. Can he claim it with this bad boy? Look at that. It's gone for a modern Desert Eagle style gun. Look at that He's shiny. And, it gives you know,
0: Loomis on steroids now. He gives zero. This is,
1: lit- this is literally 20th century Loomis. This is futuristic shit, this. He's packing heat. Look at that. Real heat there. So let's have a look at the at
0: uh, the plot. We don't go too much blow by blow on this show. We do do. We do do. We do do spoilers so, if you have not seen Halloween Four before and you don't want it spoiled, GTFO. Go watch it. Streaming on Netflix right now. It's not great, but um, if you don't want it spoiled, I'm, go I'm watch still
1: it. laughing at the fact that you just said doo-doo. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm a child. My inner child cannot ignore that you I just I said.
0: I thought doo-doo. I was the I thought I was a teenage monster. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's go doo-doo. into the plots. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> plot wise
1: There isn't much plot. There isn't much
0: plot. You're right. There is not much plot. So there's like a creepy intro with lots of shots of desert for some reason. And then we cut to a hospital and it turns out that Michael survived the explosion, the massive explosion and two gunshots to the head, well, to each eye.
1: And the melting fire.
0: And the melting fire. But He survived that with nothing more than a little bit of scar tissue on, on one of his hands.
1: Which is yeah, it. Th- this is where, <laughs> literally, within the first two minutes of the movie, I said it every episode we've done this podcast. I like my horror realistic. I like believability. I like to have something to believe in. Within the first two minutes, Halloween four decimated it when they brought them back I, I was looking forward to seeing how they were going to do this how they were going to bring back michael myers how they were going to bring back the shape this fearsome character Yet yeah, there was literally no mention of what the fuck happened just that he is still being you see i don't care so much about that i know you
0: get on your high horse about shit like this but i, I don't really care i mean if you look at all of the big major slasher franchises you look at friday the 13th The amount of times Jason gets resurrected is ridiculous. There is one of the, uh, I think it's nightmare on Elm street four. Freddie gets resurrected because a dog named Jason pisses fire onto his grave. And this is a reason.
1: This is a reason. (laughs) There's no reason for this one at all. Literally. It's literally like they go, I know what we need to kind of bring back the success of the first two movies. So let's completely forget the final scenes of, Halloween 2. It never happened. Yeah. It's, the tires, it was it's, unreal. Yeah.
0: It's a big retcon. We just need Loomis to jump out. I burned him six times. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Loomis, he's just as bad. No, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: Steady on taking Donald <laughs> Pleasance's name in vain. But well, uh, when I say he's just as bad, I mean the resurrection is just as bad. He I mean, was he's... in the room when it went fucking boom. He was going to be more dead than Michael yeah. Myers was. At least Michael Myers got out and then melted. He has come off
0: it worse for wear.
1: Yeah. his of makeup, he's got the tiniest little scar, you know, the makeup on, on the face that, that it's was hilarious. Actually, I, what I actually think is he was actually doing Bond at the time and he got the <laughs> scar on the face and he just could not be asked to change. So waltzed into the set of Halloween four and went, Ah, fuck it, let's crack on.
0: <laughs> the makeup is ridiculous. If if you guys notice for the first quarter or nearly half of this movie, it looks like a fried egg on his face. <laughs> Like it's got the, the, it's exactly fried egg-like and it's got the dimple in the middle, like the yolk. It's hilarious. And then halfway through the movie, it's almost like they realized because the makeup completely changes. Yeah, that's how it changes later on in the movie. But early <laughs> it looks on, a little
1: bit more realistic. Somebody literally looked at that in like the, the editing and went, oh shit, we've literally stuck an egg on his face. This is not good enough. We need to change it. It's not believable like any of the other fucking shit that they do. Is <laughs> yeah. That, but yeah that's we need to completely change track. it. Hang on nip down to Tesco and get some of that fake skin that they use for Halloween. <laughs> we'll dress it all up and make it a little bit more believable because it was never believable in the first place.
0: Yeah, you know, him having certain scar tissue doesn't really make or break you for a I'm a little bit less selective. I don't mind that it's a bad excuse to resurrect Myers or Loomis. I know they have to do it because they're making a new Halloween movie with Myers as the centrepiece. So I know it has to be done. I don't yeah, need I,
1: ju- I just want a little bit of backstory as to how they managed to evade the explosion and the fire, and what actually happened to make you know they could have done something on, around the fact that you know Michael Myers he survived the first movie, he survived the second movie. Is he supernatural? Is he some weird entity? You know what is it that's made him sort of survive this one and come back with the tiniest burn on his face after melting? Give me some kind of backstory to believe in this character and just I don't need to that. say.
0: But he takes six shots in the first movie and still gets up. So, I, yeah, I don't but he mind. also
1: took a knitting needle and like literally fell <laughs> to the ground. He, he's just not uh, the content ah! you
0: Ah, you need to calm your tits, mate, because you just gave high scores to a movie where witches steal Stonehenge and turn kids' heads into snakes. So, don't yeah, come out they with stole that. A stone from,
1: they stole a boulder from Stonehenge, you know. that That's not realistic, engineering. Though, is it? Is <laughs>
0: neither all right. is Stonehenge, okay, all right. dude, dude, cop. Let's look at the plot. Let's see how, how, how angry oh, we can make you through this. So for some reason, they decide to move Michael on Halloween night, which
1: is unusual
0: given the guy's track record on Halloween. <laughs>
1: after he ran, after he randomly dies, you know, fire didn't kill him. Six times didn't kill him, but he just randomly, you know, dies. And they believe that is cool.
0: Yeah. So they, for some reason, he's in this coma and the paramedics are transporting him. One of the paramedics lets slip that he has a niece in Haddonfield. Because Laurie Strode died in a car crash, which is a lo- wonderful way of getting rid of a beloved. Ca- I know she re- she turned <laughs> down the chance to come back, but killing a beloved character off screen in a car crash, that is a theme through this movie. A lot of cool stuff happens, but you don't see shit. You don't see any no context of, the, of the cool
1: whatsoever.
0: Stuff. It's not just a context, you just don't see it. Like later on, we'll come to this later on, in fact. But yeah, so he finds out he's got a niece, and then you see his hand clenching anger. Then we get the first kill, which is good. And I will give props. He jams the paramedic's head into the ambulance and then sticks his thumb right through the central lobe, (laughs) the full frontal lobe of the paramedic. And it's a pretty brutal kill. And at this stage, I'm still on board with the movie. I'm not as selective about bringing him back as you are. We've got a good kill. I'm on board right now. I'm feeling this. Yeah,
1: first kill is, is, you know, it's pretty decent for a kill. I'm I'm liking an ambulance upside down. You know, It's, it's all good.
0: But unfortunately... At what five minutes into the movie it starts going downhill so we flash and we're introduced to dramatically we're introduced to our new protagonists in jamie strode who is laurie strode's daughter played of course by danielle harris who is a bona fide queen of horror loads of cool movies she's in hatchet which i love she's in actually in the rob zombie halloween movies she's made an appearance in creep show recently she's just great and this is her first ever movie. She's just cute as a button. Good protagonist. And we also meet Rachel, who is Jamie's foster sister, because she's living with the is it the Caruthers family? Or something like that. Caruthers, yeah. Ellie um Is it Ellie? Is it Ellie Caruthers or is she Rachel? Can't remember. Either way, it doesn't matter. Big sister is what we'll call her. We meet her. She's kind of got this weird relationship she's really caring towards Jamie but she doesn't really want to babysit. She's got her own life. Jamie has a nightmare for some reason about Michael Myers. I don't know how aware this eight-year-old or
1: nine-year-old is of Michael Myers or the fact that he's her uncle. You say that eight, nine-year-old, but this movie actually takes place a decade after the events of the second movie. So that backstory stuff, I want to know what the fuck happened in that 18 months to Laurie. You know, she'd literally been fucked up, scared to hell, tried to be killed multiple times, but pops out a kid and she's literally virgin on teenagers teenager. You know, she's an eight, nine, ten-year-old.
0: And she's having nightmares about Michael Myers. I said There's no reason why, but we've got to get those jump scares in somewhere, I suppose. There's some tension. We find out that Rachel has to babysit Jamie on Halloween night, and she's got to break a date. There's some tension going on there. I've got, I will say, though, the fucking Carruthers family outside of Rachel is fucking stupid. Like, do you know the breakfast scene where the dad somehow just dips his tie into a cup of coffee and then looks around at his missus like this is your fault. Like, you fucking dingbat. It's just fucking hilarious. Like, who's that, who is that characterization for? Who's watching this and getting deep characterization from this absolute cock nugget accidentally dipping his tie in coffee and then blaming his missus for it? I don't know where that's coming from. But yeah, if we find You're out... that has right got it... No, it fucking pisses me off, man. He's a dip. There's also some tension... Around Rachel having to break a date with Brady, who is the love interest, and he starts making he starts making eyes at the slutty character, I suppose, Kelly, who's like the archetype '80s female antagonist, who you know, who wants to steal the boyfriends. You know those kind of characters that don't exist in real life, but is some sort of male fantasy <laughs> or male creative character. You can tell this movie is written by some male douchebag because shit like that. Rachel and Kelly have this dialogue later on where, like, is it LA? Nice one. Where, where? um, I've looked it up. LA. That's the sister's big sister's name, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So they have this dialogue like, and Kelly says, "You better wise up to what men want, otherwise, (laughs) Brady won't be the first boy you lose to another woman." I like. Who the fuck's going to war over this little fucking dickhead Brady? I suppose it's trying to create some tension within the movie, but really you just don't give a fuck
1: about it because none of the characters feel real. No, you're right there. And I think what they've sort of tried to do with this movie is that they've tried to go back to the original recipe of Halloween 1 where they try to build tension, build that suspense, those ingredients really which were important in that first one. But this one, it just doesn't seem to be going anywhere fast at this stage.
0: So yeah, um, we, we leave all that teenage shit behind, and we go to Loomis, who is the best part of this movie by a million miles, oh, and he's found absolutely. He's found out that Michael has crashed. He obviously knows that he's alive. The main doctor, who is actually the Russian trainer in Rocky Four, don't know if you caught him out.
1: <laughs> um, I did, yeah.
0: He did, yeah. He's like Michael's probably dead. He probably flew out of the uh, out of the ambulance, and Loomis is like, dude. No, he fucking didn't. He survived fire. He survived gunshots. An ambulance crash is fucking off into this dickhead. (laughs) Loomis is hamming it up big time in this movie. He's like, you're talking about him as if he was a human being. (laughs) Fucking calm down.
1: This is like Loomis corny version Mark 10.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely agree with you there. And just for those of you out there that may be noticing there's some quick editing going on in this video. Yes, we are experiencing some technical issues. We'll do as best for you. (laughs) We then cut to Loomis tracking him down. He actually bumps into him in a petrol station and shoots at him, but Michael manages to escape and steal the car again. No idea how he learned to drive. It wouldn't have mattered
1: anyway, would it? He could have hit him six times. He could have.
0: He manages to get to Haddonfield eventually, and he snags another Shatner mask, tries to attack Jamie, just so happens to bump into Jamie. He tries to attack her, but... Runs away when Rachel... It is Rachel, by the way. Since our last technical issue, it's Rachel. She's played by the actress, Ellie. So Rachel manages to scare him off. Don't know how. He's a serial killer. He's got his mask back, which he looks fucking stupid. From there, I don't want to go too much into it because basically it's just business as usual. He throws some dude into the power grid and that cuts power to the whole town for some reason. He attacks the police station, killing... All the officers off screen. Fucking great. And then the local rednecks form like a lynch mob and try and hunt down Michael. But they end up doing more damage than Michael does to some extent, killing at least one innocent bystander, which gets completely forgotten by the next scene. Rachel discovers Brady cheating on him with Kelly. Who the fuck cares? Then the remaining police and Loomis track down Rachel and Jamie, and they get them to the sheriff's house where Brady and Kelly are as well, awkward. And then again, it gets, we lose a few more bodies. The deputy gets murdered. Kelly gets murdered. Brady gets murdered. All really tame kills. Jamie and Rachel end up escaping. Rachel ends up getting pushed off a roof and manages to survive it. Like, I don't know if she got Maya's powers just plot armor, I guess. But she falls yeah, off it's
1: just another one of those. The whole thing's just shite.
0: Jamie bumps into Loomis that had fucked off to find Michael, despite the fact Michael was in the original house he was in. They run into a school. Loomis gets thrown through a glass window. And then the hillbillies show up again, somehow being completely forgiven for murdering an innocent person. And they agree to drive Jamie and Rachel to the next town. But Michael's turned into Rambo. All of a sudden, he's managed to cling <laughs> onto the bottom of the truck. He kills a few more rednecks. Rachel manages to toss him off the truck as she's driving into an abandoned mine, which appears for some reason. And then the hillbillies and the cops shoot the shit out of Michael a a lot more than six times as well to send Michael (laughs) to his grisly death at the bottom of the mine shaft. And then it ends with possibly the best part of the movie. We get like only
1: decent, the only decent part in this movie, to be fair.
0: Yeah, barring the first kill. It's like a throwback to the original. We get like the camera through the eye holes. Someone stabs the mother in the bathroom. And then we see that it's Jamie who's like lost her shit completely. And has become the new Michael Myers. And it ends with Loomis like leaning back and going, no, no. And it fucking, it's the cheesiest shit I've ever seen. But it's so fucking good. And that is Halloween 4. It, it ends well. And it starts well. It's just that massive lump between them, you know, between that really fucks it all up.
1: There's literally 10 minutes of this movie, which are actually okay. The first five and then the last five, everything in between may as well not be there. And I think that's actually what bred Jamie to actually go fucking bat crap crazy. She was so fucked off that this film was a massive letdown and that, you know, all that shit happened. It was pretty pointless. It was pretty tame. It was really slow. It was really predictable. And she lost her shit and decided, fuck it. I'm just going to kill some people.
0: Yeah, must be. I mean, one thing that really pisses me off about this movie is how tame it really is. Like so much happens off camera or is cut away. So like obviously Laurie dying off camera in like just like a show, a tell don't show attitude yeah. is pretty bad. But the main one that pisses me off every time I see this film is the police station. Loomis and the deputy and the new sheriff or whatever. They walk into the police station There's just bodies strewn everywhere. How cool would it have been to see Michael just walk into a police station and take out an entire precinct? It would have been fucking awesome to see. But it just happens off camera. Or like when he's at the the petrol station and there's like the mechanic, you know, on the floor fixing that car. And Michael has that rod and it's like he's going to stab him, but it just cuts away. Or even the fucking shotgun. Is it Kelly that he stabs and pins her to a wall, which oh, I know yeah, is like that, a...
1: that's yeah, literally like thrusts it through her. But then she sticks to the wall as he pulls the shotgun out. And it's pretty cool kill actually. But then the afterthought to it is there's just no afterthought at all. That's what sums up this movie for me. It's frustrating because there's so much that they could have done with this. It's billed as Halloween for the Return of Michael Myers, but it's so tame. We literally don't see half of the kills in there. They could have done so much with it, and they just didn't. It's like Afterthought Central. It's just it's weak. so it's disappointing. Absolutely weak so as piss. disappointing. It could have been brilliant, and that's the frustrating thing. It wasn't. It was far from brilliant. It was the worst one so far. Disappointing.
0: Yeah, I'd say disappointing. I think it's by the numbers. I suppose they're trying to tick all the boxes of the original yeah. Halloween because there's not a lot of gore in the original. That in 1978. No, but, the, but the
1: suspense is good. The they suspense do, is good. For yeah. all the lack of gore, they do the suspense and everything else really well. So there is something in that movie that you can get invested in. With this one, it just lacks all of that. There's just nothing in there.
0: The first one's very well written. I think it, it's simple and, and just done right. Whereas this yeah. one, all that sort of subplot about Rachel and Brady and Kelly, that kind of weird love triangle, the characters are so two dimensional. Rachel is a good girl who is obsessed with Brady and wants to get married to him and blatantly written by a guy. And Kelly is the slutty archetype character that wants to steal the boyfriend and she has no other character traits apart from that. Brady is somehow shone in like a positive light, despite the fact he cheats on Rachel, but he's meant to be, I suppose, good dude and has no other character traits apart from like suddenly flipping and trying to save Rachel by going toe to toe with Myers, and that whole f- subplot just doesn't work. Jamie is a good character. I understand that not having Laurie Strode in the movie, bringing in that family connection in the second one, they're kind of stuck with having to continue that canon of relations between Strodes and, and Myers. So I understand bringing Jamie, in, and I think Danielle Harris does a really good job. She's very young in it; it's a first film she does a good job of material she's got I, I don't think many of the actors around her are doing much good and i, I think that's largely down to the writing
1: i think i agree with that there's so much about this movie that right from the word go there's so much that they have to try and explain in halloween 2 that they just fail to do and then they write out the main heroine if you like from halloween 2 in, in Laurie, with just an afterthought it's literally like yep car accident gone introduced you to this new family connection but there's no genuine backstory there it's all very loose there's just nothing to get your teeth into there's no believability about it and i know i keep harping on about that that's how i like my horror that's how i like my stories i like believability but it's not just believability that it lacks it lacks substance overall yeah
0: quality throughout
1: that. the whole movie it's just it's i said it before it's frustrating because it could have been so much better than what it actually ended up being
0: yeah, I would go along with
1: that. Should we rate this bitch then? <laughs> Can we actually give it a rating? Yeah, why not? Let's let's give it a try, shall we? This is getting a very miserable, dismal two out of ten. I'm not even going to gratify wow. it with a whole fancy backstory to the grade. I'm giving it's getting a two, and it's lucky to get that. It's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: would I wouldn't go that bad on it because there are way worse movies than this and many of them you'll end up watching on this show it's by the numbers it's very unadventurous if that's a word it doesn't take any leaps i'm guessing after they were so criticized for halloween 3 they just wanted to do something basic using a formula that they know had succeeded in the past they can't be too critiqued for trying to do that they were almost losing interest in the franchise because of what halloween 3 did to it but in by doing that they made a very tame slasher movie where it just wasn't competing with other slasher movies of the time in terms of gore in terms of writing in terms of memorable characters if you look at halloween 4 versus something like friday the 13th 4 which is the final chapter which is where friday the 13th for me really kicks right into its stride You compare it with Nightmare on Elm Street 4, where Freddy goes Hollywood and, and really finds himself in that sort of zany character whereas you've got Michael Myers, who arguably started all this slasher stuff, and he's just sort of by the numbers, really tame kills, really low on the gore. It's a poor movie. I'm not going to go as low as 2, because I don't think... I think the problem with Halloween 4 is it's not an absolute stinker, and it's not a good film. It's just so unbelievably boring that it's just is. So I mean, I'm going to give it a four out of ten. It's slightly below average. It could have been so much better. So I would give it four shotguns rammed through a female antagonist's guts out of ten. <laughs> a worthy tell, effort. A worthy you, effort. You can tell I've had <laughs> enough a of struggle this movie. With a worthy effort. You can tell I've struggled with this movie. It struggled to fill up the time. To be fair. Even your internet yeah. couldn't be asked to sit through this fucking program no, about Halloween. Took a,
1: took a fucking dump, Couldn't be asked with it, but I, I think for me, I think it could have actually been a lot better than what it actually ended up being. I, I think I can understand why they went down the route that they did after the the third one, and I can see what they were trying to do with it. They just failed miserably for me to actually make what they were trying to create, and there was no sort of story there. So, yeah, I think it, it's probably best we be part Halloween four and move on. So dare ask what's up next do we need a crystal ball next mate if if you can believe this
0: is halloween five the revenge of michael never absolutely one thing that halloween four does is launch the cult of thorn trilogy four five and six is a trilogy unto itself it's a self-contained trilogy within the main canon we'll see how it goes (laughs) it's going to be interesting (laughs) make sure you let us know let us know what you guys think in the comments section Grab us on the socials, facebook.com forward slash ebygore, Twitter, Instagram at ebygore, ebygore at gmail.com. Guys, let us know what you think. Give us us your opinions. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a review, five stars only, please. And we will see you next week. I've been Damien.
1: We will indeed. And I've been Tris. And we will see you next time. Enjoy. Bye.
0: Bye.